0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments and girded himself with a towel. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. He came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not know now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but he is clean all over, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, You are not all clean. When he had washed their feet and taken his garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. If I, then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we enter now into the most solemn liturgy of the church's calendar, as we begin what is now a liturgy that begins tonight and only ends on Saturday evening. That's the reason we don't have any final blessings or anything at the end of tonight's liturgy because we simply pick up again tomorrow and then leave off and then pick up again on Saturday evening as this triduum extends over all of these days, this sacred pinnacle of our church's calendar. And so we have, as a church from her wisdom, selected such a beautiful and profound reading from the gospel for us to begin this momentous occasion. It is the washing of the feet. And the church is very clear in her rubrics in terms of what is supposed to be preached tonight. Sometimes you hear homilies about how Uh, the example that Christ has set for us in today's gospel is simply one of social work, of caring for other people, simple acts of charity. Obviously, that is in a certain sense what is portrayed here. But the church says that what must be preached tonight is specifically the mystery of the Eucharist and the mystery of the priesthood, the two things given us in the upper room on this night, the two things instituted by Christ simultaneously. He institutes simultaneously the sacrament of the Eucharist and the priesthood together because they are intrinsically bound together, as Pope Benedict says, intrinsically united, one linked to the other. We have the one because of the other. And so at this feast of the Passover, it says, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father, And so you have a profound mystery that is expounded by some theologians, which is that just as the Lord, when he leaves the Father in a certain sense, when he becomes incarnate and comes in search of us, he also mysteriously remains with the Father, because in his his divine nature there is no separation between the Son and the Father. And so he both becomes incarnate and mysteriously also in his divine nature remains in the bosom of the Father, remains one with him. And so what one of the saints had said is that what the Lord is now doing at this time where he knows now he will depart and go to the Father, not in his divine nature, which is always with the Father, but in this human nature that he has now assumed. He will pass through his passion, death, and resurrection and then ascend in this human nature to the Father, to the rightful place of its glory. But he's faced with a dilemma that as he is departing, love longs to remain with those whom it loves. And so it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And so he faces a dilemma of love. How does he remain with us and also now return to the Father? And so as something that could only have come from divine logic, from divine wisdom, he institutes the Eucharist where he is able by a mystery of our faith to remain with us and simultaneously to go to the Father. He can be with us in all of his reality, body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's the mystery of the Eucharist. Christ present to us because of his love his love which loves us to the the end. He says, I will be with you until the end of time. And then he will be with us as we pass into eternity. This is the mystery of his love. And so then what the church selects in order to take us deeper into this mystery is not the actual, actual institution narratives from the other gospels, but it takes the washing of the feet scene because this is not immediately obvious what the Lord is doing. They have all just witnessed what he has done and he still says to them, you still don't understand what I have done to you, but you will, you will. So there is a deep mystery in his actions in what he is doing to his disciples. We are sensible by our nature. We have to see things, hear things, taste things, touch things. And so the hidden things of God need to be made manifest to us in a sensible way. We need to be able to see them, hear them, taste them, touch them, so that we can come to understand them. That's the profound mystery of the incarnation. What was invisible is made visible. The God who could not be seen, we could now look upon his face. And so the Lord makes sensible what was invisible. And what he is always doing in his life by mysterious acts is teaching us about what is unseen. And so this great act of his incarnation and his cleansing of human nature through his passion, death, and resurrection is what he now portrays in a simple act of service. It says while he was at supper, he stands up all of a sudden. He interrupts the solemn dining together with his apostles for an act of service. And you can imagine their shock as he quickly stands up and goes over and begins to take off his outer garments as if he's getting ready for work and for labor. And they watch him do all of this and he goes over and then he takes a bowl and he fills it with water and then he takes a towel and he begins to gird it around himself and immediately they know this is the act of a servant. And now this one whom they have called master and Lord for so long takes up the appearance of a servant and beyond simply an appearance, he actually serves. And so he takes himself now, present to them, in a beautiful image of what the incarnation really is, which is the son stripped of the glory that he has with the father and taking up for himself a nature that is to serve. And so the son, as he stands now before his disciples, gird for service, if you will, is such a profound image of his incarnation. And then he humbles himself to their feet And this is scandalous to them. He is the master, and he is the one who is now serving. And this shock is not lost on Simon Peter, always the one to be rash in his responses. But he truly loves the Lord, and he is shocked at what the Lord is doing. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Similar to the experience that St. John the Baptist had at the beginning of Christ's public ministry, When the Lord comes and he says, I I should be baptized by you and yet you've come to be baptized by me. John the Baptist is also shocked at the humility of the Lord. And so Simon Peter, in a similar way, says, Lord, do you wash my feet? And the Lord says, look, you do not understand this now, but you will understand it later. In the light of his passion, death and resurrection, the mystery of the washing of the feet is understood. And Peter says to him, you shall never wash my feet. Again, trying to direct the Lord according to what he should do. A similar way in which he tried to dissuade the Lord from going to Jerusalem. The Lord says, get behind me, Satan. Take up your rightful place which is following me and not trying to lead me. And so Peter, who again tries to direct the Lord, says, you will never wash my feet. And the Lord, who knows deeply the love that Peter has for him, only has to threaten a little bit of separation and all of a sudden Peter's whole disposition disposition changes. He says, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. And this is intolerable to Peter. He cannot stand the thought of that, having no part in the Lord. And so then he goes from one extreme (laughs) to another. You will never wash me to wash every part of me my hands, my head, everything, wash all of it. And so you see the beauty in Simon Peter, which is that the thought of being separated from Christ, he cannot tolerate. And this is also what the Lord is working through this mystery of the Eucharist, which is that through the Eucharist, he will never have to be separate from Christ. Christ will always be there for him, and he can always be close to Christ according to that love. And then Jesus says, no, there's a deeper mystery here, which is about being clean. And we can see that this cleanliness is not an exterior thing because he says, though not all of you are clean, and that is a reference to an interior, an interior kind of lack of cleanliness of soul that has come because of a malicious intention to betray Christ. And so the Lord speaking here about cleanness and washing is obviously showing the deeper mystery of his cleansing us by his own hands from sin. And then it says, when he had washed their feet and taken up his garments and resumed his place, one of the church fathers says, this is exactly what happens after his passion, his death, and his resurrection. He takes up his garments again, this human nature in the resurrection. He then resumes his place as he ascends in that same nature to the Father. And it is from there that he then instructs his church. He says, do you know what I have done to you? That question implies that we should meditate upon what the Lord has done for us. Think about it. Do we understand it? The Lord asks all of us the same question, that as we now enter into this profound mystery of the Triduum, do we understand what the Lord has done to us to us who are able to participate in this mystery. And he says, if I am the master and the Lord, and I have washed your feet, you also ought to do as I have done. And so this is how we live our lives from the sacraments of the church. The Lord extends his grace to us through the sacraments, most especially through the blessed sacrament, because that is Christ himself. But as the church says, all of the other sacraments are ordered to the blessed sacrament and receive all of their power from the blessed sacrament because the blessed sacrament is Jesus, the source and the summit. And so it's specifically how we are washed through the sacraments of the church and cleansed. And we can see that the Lord, as he is now speaking to his disciples, the apostles in this upper room, he is giving them that authority to do what he has done that authority to cleanse, to wash. He hands on that authority to them, tradition, right? To hand over, to give to. And so through the mystery of our church, through the mystery of apostolic succession, we have these beautiful mysteries handed on to us in every generation, by which we we are washed and cleansed, by which we can also then be with Christ And this being with Christ is most intimately accomplished in the mystery of Holy Communion and of the Eucharist that comes to us mysteriously through the priesthood of the church. That at the hands of priests, what the Lord has instituted continues. And then the Lord who loves us to the end and loved his disciples to the end, loves each of us to the end. He is as present to us here as he was to them in the upper room. He desires intimacy of life with us as much as he desired it with them. And he gives us the means by which that can be accomplished, the wonderful sacraments of his church. And as we've said at the pinnacle, what we will now enter into, the great mystery of the Eucharist, the mystery of Christ present in our midst, the mystery of the God who has become incarnate and who continues to love us to the end. Amen.